Welcome into the WTOC Sports Podcast. You have sports director Jeff Roberts and sports reporter Rachel West. Rachel, it is the NFL Divisional Playoffs this week. One of the best weeks because you get four games, eight really good teams, and there's not much more you could be excited about, right? Playoffs? You're talking about the playoffs? <laughs> <laughs> had to get in that Jim Moore classic. Sorry, had to be done. That was one of the best impressions of it that I've ever heard. Was it? That was good. Thank you, thank you. I'll be here all week. <laughs> Maybe I just found my calling. Oh, what a start for a first podcast. <laughs> Out of the gates, coming in hot. Well, it is playoffs. Last week was an interesting one. We had weather that affected plenty of games. You had teams who haven't won playoff games in more than three decades win. And which teams may you, you be referring to there? My Jeff? Detroit Lions. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's still history. It's still a storyline that I know a lot of people are really interested in. Um, but this week, we're going to go through all of the games. As mentioned, there are four games on schedule between Saturday and Sunday. It starts tomorrow afternoon. The Texans, I would say the Cinderella run team of this season, is at Baltimore. Um, Ravens are favored by nine points in that one. Rich, let's just start with the Texans, the road team, because we know the Ravens are good. They're the top seed and probably the best team in the NFL. The Texans, they snuck into the playoffs with a last-week win against the Colts, and then they pummel a Browns team that had been surging of late. Yeah, I mean, C.J. Stroud is the hot ticket in town right now, I think. Um, and as you mentioned, Cinderella story, hard not to root for a team like that. But as you mentioned, going up against the Baltimore team who has just been – consistent time and time again throughout the season and you know if you're into conspiracies you know you got the whole Super Bowl logo conspiracy action happening where obviously the Ravens are going to win because they're the color on the bottom um so they got they're like fighting against fate but um, can you explain that conspiracy theory because you explained it to me last week I had never heard of that yeah so there's this thing going back the past three years I believe where the colors on the Super Bowl logo have matched the colors of the two teams playing in the Super Bowl, which is wild because obviously that logo gets re That's really revealed. Weird. Yeah. Um, and each year also to make it even weirder to go a step further is the team, the color that's on the bottom matches the team that ultimately won. So, so this year, blown. what colors on the bottom? That'd be purple with red Kay. on top going against the 49ers. I mean, if you're colorblind, any of these could be purple. Well, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Had to find a loophole, didn't you? Well, it, the Texans are a team. You have C.J. Stroud, as you mentioned, that I think that if he wasn't a rookie, he would be in the actual MVP conversation. I think that for some sometimes you forget that if you're a rookie, you can still be one of the best performance performers and a reason why your team is where they're at. I think if the Texans um, make a little bit deeper run in this postseason, you could potentially see him get some votes in the MVP conversation. He went 16 of 21 for 274 yards last week against the Browns, three touchdowns, a near perfect passer rating of 157.2. This is a guy who was drafted second overall. You had a Texans fan base who were hoping for a last week loss back in 2022 <laughs> to get the first round pick that didn't happen they won they fall the number two they get cj stroud and i'm sure that fan base is pretty happy right now yeah i think it's kind of one of those things where they didn't even expect to find themselves mm -hmm. here so it's like every week it's we'll take it we'll <laughs> yeah, take exactly. it keep them coming and like they're even surprising themselves yeah. and that's a lot of times the best way to play yeah is when you don't have those expectations you're able to just go out there and not overthink things mm -hmm. and just go out there and do what you know how to do it's going to be one of their toughest tests of the year um, this week. 
You get the Ravens, as mentioned, they're favored by a score and a half uh, tomorrow afternoon. Um, John Harbaugh has that team looking real good. Lamar Jackson, well on his way to winning another MVP award. What have you liked out of that team? Uh, I mean, not a whole lot not to like, <laughs> <laughs> I would say. Um, and the Harbaugh's these days, as you are very well aware. Uh, Go Blue. <laughs> <laughs> having some luck themselves. Uh, so, I mean, if you're a Ravens fan, I mean, I think you just got to keep hoping that the consistency mm-hmm. stays there. Lamar Jackson continues to be Lamar Jackson running all over the field. Mm-hmm. Um, also throwing it a little bit and you're good. <laughs> I think it was, it's one of those things where the Ravens have been so good and so dominant all year, mostly like the back 15 weeks. And I know they had some issues in the first couple weeks and especially with Lamar who had kind of held out a little bit with contract talks over the summer. Um, he comes back, takes a couple weeks, but they have just been on fire. So there really isn't much to say about this team because of how good they've been. Um, you can't you can't beat a dead horse, and it's just something that I think that they're the best team in the league right now. And so um, if we're talking predictions, I think the Ravens got this one. Yeah, hard hard to bet against them, yeah. I would say, but I do love a good underdog story. Um, that sure would be special. That, that <laughs> would be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. But I, I also... A lot of my family lives up in Maryland, so I'll be partial. I'll take the Ravens. (laughs) All right. Well, game two, uh, Saturday night. You have the Packers and the 49ers. So many intriguing storylines in this one, as as all games at this point of the year. Um, Jordan Love has been the guy in this league the last few weeks, and he looked real good last week against the Cowboys, 48-32. They go to Dallas, a place that no road team had won in a season and a half and they absolutely beat them down. That's America's team that on a national (laughs) stage, they did not look very good. What did you like out of that one? I don't know how Green Bay continues to do it, but first, you know, from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, that whole transition, and then they go on, obviously, an incredible Mm -hmm. run with Rodgers there. And now they look to be, you know, and maybe can't pull it off this time, and now here we are again, Jordan Love looking like Aaron Rodgers 2.0. Um, so yeah, I don't know what they're doing there where they found the secret yeah. sauce a decade <laughs> at a time, maybe, but you know, I, I really don't <laughs> like that. You said he looks like Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre and you're comparing these because as a lions fan who has watched those past two quarterbacks, just shred the lions every single time they play. <laughs> I, I don't want to see Jordan Love do it. But that being said, I really like the story of him being drafted. You think he, he, he is and has become the predecessor of Aaron Rodgers and I just think overall it is really special to see I think that outside of whatever team you're a fan of to see that consistency to see the 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 Green Bay and the Wisconsin fan base really hold on to their quarterback and I know those first few weeks in the first half of the season were real rough I mean that first few games you have Detroit come and you're down 20 plus at halftime to now where you just beat a Cowboys team out of the playoffs. I and mean, this is the Cowboys were a team that they thought this might be the year where they get over that Cowboys postseason hump. Isn't that every year? I'm saying you expect <laughs> that every single year. And then this Packers team actually goes in there and does it. I think that Jordan Love is playing at an MVP rate these last few weeks. He's not going to win it because of the first eight weeks of the season, but he has those boys looking real good. Um, they are going to San Francisco. The 49ers are a nine and a half point favorite. 
it's again the top team in the NFC right behind the Ravens for best team in the NFL. It's kind of opposite because you have Jordan Love who has been really going with that Green Bay team. He's the he's kind of the, the chief of it. Mm-hmm. Brock Purdy is the guy who's putting the coals in. Everyone else is making that team go, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, uh, Debo Samuel. Samuel. <laughs> yes, thank you. I was like, Samuel, no, crap, first name. Um, yeah, Debo, how can I? He led my fantasy team to the championship this year. I'm just saying. <sighs> Humble brag. Um, yeah, when you have those pieces around you, mm-hmm. I mean, I hate to take anything away from Brock Purdy, yeah. but it's not like you can stick me back there at quarterback and they're going to have the same <laughs> amount of success, but uh any nfl that'd be pretty (laughs) interesting (laughs) there'd be uh lots of injuries on my end but you know i've always said like maybe like that's a trick like would they really tackle me Mm -hmm. would they want to hurt me i don't know probably not maybe they would this week it's brock purdy (laughs) but this week it's not me we don't have we don't have to worry about that this week um yeah so now i got lost my train of thought but um yeah if anybody back there nfl caliber wise you're going to be sitting pretty pretty Mm -hmm. as a team um, with all those pieces around you. I think that's opposite, as as mentioned, just the fact that the Packers, they really don't have those weapons. You have a Christian Watson who um, struggled out of as a rookie out of NDSU in his first few weeks. He adjusted fine. Um, He has been riddled with injuries. When he's on, he looks really good. You have a a Jalen Reed guy coming in as a rookie who has looked really, really good. but you just can't match up with the weapons that San Francisco has, and that's why I would probably lean in favor of San Francisco in this one. Um, very few times have they been um, down in games. You know, you've had a couple weeks where they looked eh, but every single team in the NFL looks eh at some point. There have mm-hmm. been so few unbeaten teams yeah. that uh, I, I think the 49ers, um, it'll be a little bit tighter than that 9.5-point spread. I, I really think so, but uh, I think San Fran pulls it out. Yeah, I would say the same. I would agree. And I think, too, at this point in the year, experience becomes such a big factor. Mm -hmm. Um, That 49ers team, they have that playoff experience, so many of them. Whereas, you know, Jordan Love, a lot of the Packers guys, young guys, don't. Going back to the Texans Mm -hmm. game, too, same deal there. That's why I think Baltimore kind of has the edge there, talent-wise also, obviously. But, yeah, I'll take San Francisco in this one, too. And I I just – even just – looking back at these games and talking a little bit more than just our prep, I'm so excited for tomorrow's games. I mean, every single day of NFL football is one, but I mean, you have C.J. Stroud, you have Jordan Love against two teams that have been the best all year. I think that a Saturday divisional round doesn't get much better than this one. I can't agree more. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see how they play out Sunday. You have two really good ones. We start with the Bucks and Lions. Tampa Bay is going to Detroit um, this one for our listeners is a little more personal for Rachel and I because these are our two teams just so happen to be playing each other. You have a, a surging Tampa Bay team who Baker Mayfield, I mean, he looks like the guy that the NFL was hoping for when he was drafted in Cleveland, and he's just looked so good for you guys. You know what he's been doing the last couple of weeks? What has he done? He's been waking up feeling dangerous. Feeling dangerous. Feeling dangerous. And he's what been that, dangerous. What does that mean for a Tampa Bay fan? Like, when he says, I want, like, I'm feeling dangerous. Like, can you explain what exactly that means and what that looks like? Uh, it means, as you said, he's becoming the Baker Mayfield that everyone thought he would be entering the league. Um, he's not throwing the picks that you saw him throw mm-hmm. early on in his career. He's maturing, and he's, you know, not... Well, this is a perfect example. CJ Gardner-Johnson, you know, putting some shade out this week. Um, 
also not very good shade when you're referring to a wide receiver who hasn't played a snap all season. Um, Are you alluding to when CJ, he made a comment about the defense for the Bucks? About the offense. About the offense and a guy who hadn't played. Okay, just for the people who are listening who didn't know that. So he mentioned Russell Gage, a wide receiver on the Bucks, uh, mentioned and looking at the tape, and they have all these good pieces. If only they had a quarterback, they'd be Mm -hmm. a good offense. Well, Russell Gage got hurt, hasn't played since the preseason, (laughs) uh, hasn't taken many snaps because of that. Uh, But he swears he's been watching the tape, but, you know, He's been kind of a thorn in the Bucks' side the last couple of years going back to he was in New Orleans. So they always had the big divisional rivalries there. Um, got in Tom Brady's face a few times, made him chuck a couple iPads. But, you know, that's <laughs> history. Uh, it's behind us now. Um, but Is it really? <laughs> I'm clearly <laughs> over it, yeah. Listen, CJ, he went to Florida. I'm a Florida grad. So I. it's a weird... You know, I can't like so you're totally hate two on pick him. sixes on Sunday. No, oh, okay, I won't go that <laughs> That's what I thought far. you were saying. I <laughs> don't know where I, you know, misconstrued that. Um, but you mentioned Baker Mayfield. He takes over for the greatest quarterback of all time. I mean, I, I don't think the expectations could have been any more had any more pressure on them because of what Tom Brady had done with a Bucks organization that was searching for just something. And then he comes along, you bring a few pieces in because they want to play with the GOAT, and they win a Super Bowl. I mean, I don't think Baker Mayfield's playing to that level, but you look at last week over the Eagles. The Eagles haven't looked good, but no one expected Tampa Bay to go into Philadelphia. Or yeah, go into Philadelphia and do – sorry, Eagles came to Tampa Bay. I apologize. You didn't expect the Eagles to come in and just roll over like that. Absolutely not. I mean, I think that was a combination of multiple factors. Not only are the Bucks on – they come up right now and they're catching, you know, they're finding their footing here late in the season. But the Philly or sorry, the Phillies, the Eagles, uh, baseball on the mind for some reason. Uh, Spring training's around the corner. It, it is. Baseball should always be on everyone's mind anyways. But anyways, that's a podcast for a different day. Uh, but yeah, Eagles kind of on that decline here late in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it kind of was a perfect storm there. Um but yeah, the offense really figuring things out. Um, Baker connecting, as I said, he's as the season's gone, he's found the pieces um, that he needs to get the ball to. Chris Godwin's become a huge uh, wideout for him. You know, there was a I saw on on Twitter X. Sorry, I don't know, uh, whatever it is these days. Uh, they had him mic'd up, and one of the touchdown to Chris Godwin that he threw, just like last second before the ball was snapped um he was just like Chris be ready totally I assume changed the play call and that Mm -hmm. was just the change there um and then he just found him in the end zone tossed it up Chris went and got it um and Godwin's really become that guy that when they need the yards they go to him um so figuring things out down there in Tampa well Mayfield had three touchdowns last week 337 yards against an Eagles secondary that over the last few weeks has looked really spotty Um, speaking of spotty secondaries the Detroit Lions have had one of the worst (laughs) pass defenses in the entire league this year Um, the Lions are a six-point favorite in this one at Ford Field Ford Field last week hosted its first ever postseason game. It had been over 30 years since the Lions hosted a postseason game in general. That was back at the Silver Dome in Pontiac, Michigan, when they were about an hour outside of Detroit. But that Ford Field crowd, regardless if you're a fan or not, I feel like 
was one of the best you could have ever seen. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a factor. Um, obviously, Detroit, good times to be a, f- <laughs> a f- football sports, I guess, in general, fan uh, up in Michigan. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely a factor. I mean, the Bucks had that advantage from last week. By all accounts, it was super loud down in Raymond James in their mm-hmm. stadium. Um, and their fans showed up for them. So I'm sure Detroit... You know, it's going to do the same this they week. They measure decibel levels at all these stadiums, right? They show on the video board that one is, is, is like a fake decibel reading, but they actually take decibel readings. Ford Field at 133.6 decibel rating at its highest right before the game, and that is as loud as if you were standing next to a fighter jet engine. So if you're talking an atmosphere that is going to make teams perform worse than they actually have been, it's Ford Field this week. Looking at looking at all these games, Ford Field's the only one in a dome. So we're not going to be affected by they're not going to be affected by weather. And so if you're talking loudness, I think the Bucks have the most difficult matchup this week based on environment. Would you agree? Yeah, fighter jets are loud. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this just in breaking news. <laughs> Um, so yeah, definitely going to be a factor, but that cold, that won't be getting them contrary <laughs> to other reports. <laughs> I tell you, I have not laughed harder <laughs> than when this week, if you have or haven't seen it, there was a reporter down in Tampa Bay who asked Todd Bowles about the cold in Detroit and how that would affect a team like Tampa Bay who practices in warmth. And this is a team used to warm climates, um, and for those who don't know, most do know, Ford Field is a dome. And so his response... And has w- been. And has been forever. <laughs> yeah. um, Todd Bowles, very kindly, I think he answered it in the best yeah. way possible. He said, well, um, I don't think it's going to affect us too much. Maybe in the 20 seconds we take from walking to the bus into the stadium. <laughs> so... Bless, bless that reporter's tough, heart. Tough look. I, we all <laughs> say dumb things. I, I am the first to admit that. Um, I already said about five just in these ten minutes. But that's a that's a tough look when you're asking an yeah. NFL coach about weather inside of a dome. That's all right. But you know, things happen. It's okay. We move on. Life goes on. Well, Jared Makes you Goff, stronger. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jared Goff has looked incredible for most of this season. Not an MVP cal- uh, caliber kind of quarterback, and I can admit that as a Detroit Lions fan. I just think that he has, has been a, a good factor in this offense and, and spreading the ball around. Um, so many weapons. Uh, Jameer Gibbs has been the guy you'd hope he would when he was drafted. Sam Laporta has looked like a top three tight end all year. Amon Ross St. Brown, he has been a top ten wide receiver. You don't expect him to go out and be Calvin Johnson like you had with Matthew Stafford back in the day, but you expect Amon Ra to be one of the best number one receivers in the league, and he has looked that way. I think that because of the environment, if this was played in Tampa Bay, I truly would pick Tampa Bay in this one. Um, because of the environment, I, I, I truly, truly mean that. And that's all bias aside. All right. I think because of the environment, I think that Jared Goff has shown up when it's mattered most of the time. I think this one is going to be closer than six points, but because of it being in played in Detroit, that will be the reason why at the end of the day, the Lions are moving on to the NFC Championship. All right. I can respect it. I think it's I know you don't agree. Logical reasoning. Truly, I like to think that I'm I'm relatively a much more sane fan and like I thought about this <laughs> I because I, I know that so, yeah. like we're being we're be, being kind of analysts on the in this podcast where it's like 
if this was in Tampa Bay, I'd have a different opinion. I really would, but because of the environment, it sways it. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you, Jared Goff. I think similar to what you were talking about with Baker coming in and taking over for Brady, kind of a similar deal with Goff coming in after the Stafford era. You know, they wanted everything and more out of Stafford, and he just Mm -hmm. never was able to get that job done. So Jared Goff coming in kind of was that transitionary quarterback Mm -hmm. or thought like that to be the case and then proved that he could be more. And so now I think expectations have grown significantly um, with the results of this season and last year too. Um, But yeah, the game. So I, listen, it's hard, it's hard. You know, the heart wants what the heart wants. Uh, (laughs) But what does that heart want, Rachel? (laughs) Drop well, it on us. <laughs> um, I think something else to consider before I make my final pick is 32 years. That is a long time to go without winning a playoff game. And any team, whenever they have an incredible high, a super emotional win, there's always that letdown, that next game mm-hmm. in the ensuing days. So I think that's a hurdle that probably isn't being talked about that much that Detroit is going to face. They got over that, you know, 32-year hurdle. Sorry to keep pushing the 32. No, before I was born. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I I think the the bounce back from that, they're like, okay, we finally won one. Okay, Mm -hmm. well, now what? Like, what do we do now? Mm -hmm. Um, So that... I think might come into play a little bit. I don't know. I could be totally wrong. Okay. But we could all be wrong. Uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and I do think it's going to be a tough environment. Detroit fans do be wild sometimes. Uh, I agree. <laughs> but it's it's probably not. No, it's not. It's definitely not. Probably it's definitely a biased pick here but okay. i'm i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with the bucks i think okay. the defense is gonna come out strong that that team wins lives and dies by their defense i think i mean as good as the offense has been as of late so much throughout the season it was low scoring games mm-hmm. they weren't able to produce on offense and it was the defense that was either keeping them in games or winning them the games so if the defense shows up i think they're golden yeah if not, well, that But so that's you think that story. at the end of the day, for a Tampa Bay win, it has to be on the defensive side of the ball. Like, the offense has looked really good. They're going to be just fine. But do you think it's the defense? Like, if it's a 6-6 if it's a six, six shootout, do you think Tampa Bay is going to come out on top? Yes. Okay. If they can hold them to six I like points. That. No, I'm, yes. just, I'm just saying that, like, if, the, if it's, like, the fourth quarter and your thing is at the same time, Detroit has also held Tampa Bay to that same mark. It's like, I think that there's the conversation of which defense – is going to let up first. And I agree that I, I think the Lions defense has looked really, really spotty this year. If you're going to look at one place that there needs to be a drastic change after this magical run for Lion, for the Lions this year, it needs to be that secondary. I think the difference is going to be how much can Baker exploit that defense because you have a run defense for Detroit that has been a top five, spotty top seven or eight all year. And... I think that if Baker can keep putting points on the board, there have been spurts of the Lions offense stalling at moments of every game. There, I don't think there's been a complete four-quarter effort where every drive is the Lions brand of football. And so I think if Baker can keep pressuring the end zone, 
I think Tampa Bay would get it. But we'll it's see. the environment. I don't know. <laughs> I could go on for this one for so long because I, we always make jokes. We talk about it in the office a lot just about how, you know, slightly biased both ways. But I think at the end of the day, this one, you know, last week, the Lions, when they won 24-23, that was like the only good game of the wild card round. Every mm-hmm. other one was w- a blowout one way or the other. And I think that if we're with this week, I think we're going to see two close games and the second one will get to it in a minute. I think this one also stays in that three point mark um, because these two teams are fighting for something that I think no one expected them to be in this position. And that being said, whoever wins, I think that America's going to love it. I think the storyline in this one is, is pretty special. Yeah. The two teams that both definitely have chips on their shoulder, something mm-hmm. to prove. And I think that'll show. Yeah. Well, if you're listening to this and you want us to do a full, long, <laughs> three hours Lions Bucks <laughs> breakdown, just let us know. You can get to us on Facebook. Us so we'll move on because I know we, <laughs> after we stop recording, we will still continue to talk about Bucks Lions. Game four of the weekend, 6.30 Sunday night, right here on WTOC and CBS is Chiefs at the Bills. I think when it's all said and done, this is the best game we get this weekend. Comes down to the quarterback matchup, right? Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. Josh Allen, Mahomes, uh, history has proven that it's so back and forth and, you know, been practically split in all their meetings. So I would agree. Yeah. I mean, this is something that the, the um, if you're a, if you've heard of the New Heights podcast, Jason and Travis Kelsey, they do this thing called LeBron stats. It's because LeBron breaks so many records where it's like, you wouldn't even think that he could reach something like that. So the LeBron stat of this game, in my opinion, is that this is Patrick Mahomes' first true road postseason game. Every single game in his career outside of a Super Bowl has been played at Arrowhead Stadium. So this is new territory for Patrick Mahomes against a Josh Allen, who if he had played like these past six, seven weeks, if he had played that way all season, there would be no conversation outside of Allen for MVP. Yeah, I would think so. It's crazy. I'm just still stuck on... The fact that Mahomes has not played, like, he has so much playoff experience. Absolutely, right. I mean, the Chiefs have been in the playoffs and gone deep so far these last few years. That's because they've been a one or two seed, and they've yeah. always had the home field advantage when it's all said and done. Yeah. So oh, that's crazy. Um, these two teams have had so many classic games in the Mahomes-Allen era. Um, Allen has had Patrick's number in the regular season, but in the postseason it has leaned in favor of Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. It's something like they've won two of three or three of four of the games that they've played in the postseason. So we'll see if, if Highmark Stadium um, gets all the snow cleared out again. They I just saw before recording the podcast that um, there were hundreds of, of people lined up outside to help shovel snow <laughs> off of the seats because they got another foot plus of snow this week. Um, now that's dedication. To that your is dedication. Team. How cool would that be though? I saw something about like, okay, it's 20 bucks an hour. They're paying you to go do it. And there are people who are saying like, why would the fans have to put in that work and do that effort when the team should have the means to do so themselves. And I've been sitting there like, Imagine you're 10, 12 years old. You live a mile from Highmark Stadium or even even 10 miles from Highmark. And you say, Mom, Dad, can me and Billy go shovel snow at our favorite football field? Like, what an experience. And they feed you and they give you hot chocolate and coffee. And, like, what a cool experience that would be. Yeah. I, it'd be cool for about <laughs> 10 minutes, I think. So you're also from Florida, so you don't like the cold being from Michigan. I love snow. Yeah, I've never shoveled snow, but I can't imagine it's fun. 
I don't think that's it's the heavy. first word I I'd mean, use to describe it. Um, I but point. like I said, I think I think it would be. It's like a well, I don't know. It's Buffalo. It snows all the time there, so maybe not once in a lifetime mm-hmm. opportunity. But kind of, you get my point. Uh, uh, so definitely a cool opportunity yeah. to do that. But like I said, you do it for half hour. Yeah. You're like, all right, I, I got a few shovels in. That's Let just the thought of a, of a Midwesterner and someone who who grew up on Saturday and Sunday mornings at 7 a.m. Hey, Jeff, my dad wakes me up. Go shovel the driveway. We'll go do it together. We'll go head over to Grandpa's. We stop and get breakfast on the way home. So shoveling has very fond memories okay. for me growing up. I and I think that. I've seen so many really cool stories come out of the, of, of the, the fans needing to shovel Highmark Stadium. But the actual game, the Chiefs and Bills are coming off to historically – cold slash weather filled games last week it was real feel negative four in kansas city when they beat the dolphins i think the weather affected the dolphins way more than it did the chiefs i think Mm -hmm. outside of just playing the football game and the chiefs executing i think the weather really affected miami you can't really simulate that and that was the weather all week in kansas city it was it was single digits yes negative temperatures are not fun but when it comes down to it, single digits and negative temperatures, especially in that like negative one to negative 10, they don't feel much different. I can speak from existence, having lived in Michigan and Bismarck, North Dakota. Um, I, so I think the Chiefs were just more prepared for that game. They came out, won 26 to 7. And then you had the Bills, who um, welcomed in a Pittsburgh team, who I don't know how Mike Tomlin keeps doing it, man. <laughs> Nine and eight. He has never had a losing season as the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I could not fathom that and there were people who were calling for his head midway through the season I know this isn't their Super Bowl era and this isn't their the runs they've made with Mike Tomlin as head coach and 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 coaches prior but I mean as a Lions fan I'm just happy for a winning season once twice in a row (laughs) not almost two decades worth beside the point Bills knock out the Steelers they looked really good Bills are a two and a half point favorite the line thinks that um this will be a come down to a field goal and I honestly agree with that. Same. I mean, history has proven time and time again how close this, this matchup is and how evenly matched these two teams mm-hmm. are. Um, I really think it's just the day, like yeah. whatever the day. I don't know. It depends on the day is what I'm trying to say <laughs> um, of which one will come out on top. Whoever has that little bit of extra juice going yeah. into the day, which you would think Buffalo at home, you know, might take it. But we'll see. It's crazy. Is that who you'd ride with in this one? Um, Maybe your actual pick. Yes, I'm. I'm gonna go Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like we were kind of talking about before, with the Bucks have kind of found their footing. Obviously, Buffalo not did not get off to the start that they hoped they would, um, but they've definitely figured things out here as of late. Um, and I, I just I think they're headed in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And you know, Kansas City, you can only. One team can only be on top for so long. Yeah. I don't disagree with you that the Bills have looked really good. I think that um, over the last month and a half, they have the Bills have looked like a 49ers-Ravens-esque team that they did not look like in the first two-thirds of the season. That being said, can you really ever count out Patrick Mahomes? I think oh, that no. this is a Kansas City team that has had they, they really did not look good it was kind of the opposite of of the bills when the bills beat the chiefs in the regular season 20 to 17 um because of an offsides penalty that was called on the offense of kansas city in the last minute of the game i think that that sparked something in the bills 
and that lost the spark for Kansas City. So it's been kind of opposite since that moment. That being said, Kansas City looked really good last week, and I think that when it comes down to it, Patrick Mahomes, he's finding his weapons. Rasheed Rice has looked really good the last few weeks, the rookie, and... I just I don't want to count out Patrick Mahomes. I know that's kind of a loser answer in this one. I think Patrick Mahomes, this will be another all-timer. I think this is another one that when it's all said and done in five years, when you're at the gym randomly one morning, this game will be on the NFL Network because of the classic that the, the, the Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen have, have, have had their entire career against one another. That being said, I think it's the Chiefs who win this one by a field goal. I assume the opposite way bills by a field goal yeah i would say so so we'll see what happens (laughs) this one's going to be on cbs like i said i think i'm my favorite matchup outside of my bias is chiefs and bills because of the game that i think we're going to get that being said all four of these are so freaking good any last final thoughts before we head into uh divisional weekend no i i think the same chiefs bills biggest toss-up in my mind um but you know, I'm, I'm as we've clearly established, biased with the Bucks Detroit <laughs> game. So I will definitely be keeping uh, a close eye on that one. Also, just for you know, the department here. Yeah, it's, the sports it's, department. It's bragging rights. <laughs> um, but I'll stop talking about that one. Nobody else cares about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely a really good slate of games here for the weekend. So it'll be exciting to see yeah. how they all pan out. We'll go through them one more time. 4.30 Saturday, Texans at the Ravens. Ravens are the number one seed in the AFC. Game two this weekend, Saturday at 8.15. You have the Packers at the number one seed, 49ers. Game three is the first game on Sunday at 3 p.m. You have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Detroit Lions. Let's go, Lions. Uh, the fourth game, 6.30 p.m. Sunday on WTOC. It's the Chiefs at the Bills, and it's going to be a good weekend. I'm sure after this one, we'll uh, we'll roundtable it up again, Rachel, and we'll talk yeah. about the conference championship games a week from now. And make sure you're tuning in to WTOC <laughs> Saturday and Sunday because we will have the highlights for from all of these games for you. So yeah. a little, little shameless plug I right love there. the plug. I mean, if you're listening <laughs> to the WTOC Sports Podcast, I assume a safe assumption would be that you have tuned into WTOC at certain times. Yeah. So and if not, you should start. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Here, this, and we are taking care of all of your sports needs. If this is the podcast that gets you to start watching WTOC, welcome. And hopefully, uh, it's we are not so the glad you're here. You to stop watching. <laughs> all right. For Rachel West, I'm Jeff Roberts. That does it for the episode of the NFL Divisional Postseason Round. Four games this weekend. A week from now, we'll be talking about the NFL Conference Championships.